to The Bent Tines. I'm Matthew. And I'm Catherine. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the joys and woes of shipping in this day and age, the new rickshaw koozie pen case, and answer some of your questions. Good night, Matthew. Good night. You know, because it's the evening time when we're recording this. Oh, I thought you were saying bye. I thought we were ending the episode already. The world's shortest episode. How are you, Matthew? I am great. Just uh, hanging out. Made some pasta for dinner, so I'm in a little bit of a food coma because I ate the second bowl that I shouldn't have eaten. But um, yeah, no, things are good. How about you? I am doing well. I am currently drinking coffee. To those of you who are wondering, I was lazy. This is not pour-over coffee. This is the new pumpkin spice cake pod from Nespresso. I Hashtag basic. I know. So I took a 40-hour conference, or took did I did a 40-hour conference this weekend. Participated in... I, I attended via the interwebs, via WebEx, I attended a 40-hour conference on hyperbaric and undersea medicine, which for those of you who are not in the know, is a treatment that is available to treat um, approximately 15 medical conditions, including very difficult wounds like diabetic foot wounds and other strange things like carbon monoxide poisoning. And in order to function as a physician who works in the wound care clinic and does hyperbaric medicine, I had to attend this conference. And I thought it was going to be like semi-chill where you could like have some break time and make coffee and take notes and learn. And it was going to be great and fun, but it was 40 hours of intense, constant note-taking, and I haven't scribbled down notes like that since I was in medical school, and I didn't have time to make pour-over coffee in between. Thus, I re-broke out my Nespresso and fell back in love with why I loved it, because it's great coffee that takes two minutes. Because they gave us five-minute breaks, Matthew. Five minutes. Yeah, no, that's not enough for a 10-hour day. They'd be like, oh, you've been listening to us talk for three hours. Okay, enjoy your five-minute break. Talk to you again in five minutes. And they'd be like, we're back. Yeah, and they'd be like, okay, now let's get back to physics. And I'd be like, what? What? what?" So anyways, I'm loving my coffee via Nespresso. Don't get me wrong. I still love my OAX, but what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm just drinking sweet tea. I had uh, a beer with dinner. Yeah, so I basically had all carbs for dinner. I had pasta and beer, so <laughs> I am exhausted. My uh, For anyone out there in listener land, my daughter is almost four. She had surgery last Friday to have a golf ball-sized lymph node removed from the right side of her neck. So that was, uh, that's been interesting. Um, she's sort of been a little bit of a roller coaster. She was very, very wound up Friday when we brought her home from surgery uh, and decided she was going to remove her own drain tube from the wound. So she pulled that out and bled all over the house, had to be taken back to the hospital where they opted to leave the tube out and it's now taking forever for her to heal. So she can't go back to school, but she is bouncing off the walls. She feels fine. Uh, but because she's not healed up enough, they don't want her going back to school just yet. So 
it's been fun trying to balance her and work and she's been a trooper though. She is, she's a very brave little person. But she's definitely made all of the adults in her life, myself included, a little bit of a stress ball. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's something else. But uh, she told the doctor when he asked her why she pulled her drain tube out, she said, because I thought it was time. <laughs> and he said, how do you know? And she was like, I just know these things. <laughs> so apparently she's a, she's a doctor now. I mean, she loves medicine. I mean, when she called you called me to talk to me she was like look dr cat i pulled my train out and i was like solid choice kid solid choice <laughs> yeah she's something so anyway yeah so that's been that's been my weekend slash first part of my week um, oh man so yeah i am glad that you are able to take a few moments of your crazy life and join me on this thing mm. that we call the bent tines yeah, it's fun. The uh, I shipped the very last few Bump in the Night retros this week. Uh, yes, Yesterday or Monday, we had a few that we had held back for replacements. And those have now since gone to their new homes. So yeah, that was... Uh, fulfilling those orders was fun. It was an, it was an interesting... It was interesting. I we shipped most of them UPS ground. Um, right. We opted for that because of the USPS woes currently. Um, mm-hmm. I love the post office, but we just weren't really willing to take the chance, and you know, thought that maybe if they did run out of funding or something, that we didn't want these retros to be stuck in limbo somewhere. So we went UPS. UPS only destroyed one which they informed me of. I got an, a letter in the mail telling me that one of the packages was destroyed. And uh, discarded. So we replaced that one. Oh, yeah. Not just destroyed. It said in the thing, the con- the package was destroyed, the contents were missing, so what was left of it was discarded. My dog is itching behind me. She's scratching. Stop. What are you doing? Go away. Hi, Lula. Yeah, she's terrible. Um, and then USPS lost one as well. Or two, I don't know. They lost a number. We had to replace a fair amount of orders. Yeah, I think it in the end we ended up having to replace about nine pens. Which is difficult given the extremely limited nature of what we did, but... I'm thankful that we were able to get them replaced and get it done. You know, you never, I'm I'm glad we were able to replace the ones that were lost because I think people would have been bummed if they would have had to just receive a refund. So I'm glad we held some back. Um, Yeah. I think by the end of your visit when you were here, though, neither of us really wanted to look at cardboard ever again. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done shipping for a while, which is... um, when Mark from Rickshaw asked me about doing some custom koozie cases, I uh, I was glad to let him handle fulfillment, order processing, and all that on those. So, Yeah. Well, let me just explain why we've been having so much frustration with the mail, and then we can talk about the koozie cases. So our Bocamundo pens were missing for a month. 
And they weren't missing en route to Japan, they were missing en route to customs in California. Once they hit LA, they got to Japan just fine. They got to Japan, they're at Bocamundo's now, but we have had tremendous issues with shipping via all forms of shipping. Yeah, I've had tons of stuff, you know, late, mismarked, misdelivered, delivered, you know, things that said they were delivered to my P.O. box were delivered to my house. Things that were supposed to be delivered to my house were delivered not at all and had to be, like, rerouted. It's It's been an interesting... You know, and I, I mean, I, the the carrier folks they're doing their they're doing the best they can, I think, with what they've been given. Um, unfortunately, the you know post office is short on funding, and mm-hmm. doesn't look like there's going to be any more any funding coming through anytime soon to help them out. But you know, it's not just isolated to USPS. You know, UPS and FedEx have you know been been a little hit or miss too. So. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. I've I was like a nervous wreck once we when we shipped all the bump uh, the retro pens. I was like frantically checking the ship station stuff to see just to you know I was picking like random samples throughout just to see if they were moving within the within the network. I was like a nervous wreck that they weren't going to get there, but thankfully the majority of them made it. And I think that we both were just so glad that stuff actually made it because i mean i've had issues with ups as well and we have both have pens that have flown from japan to the u.s that are now in the usps system and we are hopeful that they will arrive this week but we'll see i mean i definitely have am dealing with a missed package that was a, a brooks abalone pen a carolina pen company pen that was not delivered to my house and they're trying to tell me now that it was delivered and it was not and it was not really replaceable so we'll see but what what do you have coming in route to you it should be here in the next day or two right Matthew yeah so um I've got a couple of retro pens coming tomorrow uh I don't even know which ones I think the 30th anniversary and one of the skyline ones You've been um, deep into a retro collecting phase, haven't you? Yeah, and then, um, but but the big thing that's coming Friday is from CY in Japan. He sourced one of the clear Pilot Custom Eight Twenty Threes, and he put a mini Naganata grind on it. He calls it a mini Naganata grind, um, I guess, because he started out with you know pretty small amount of tipping material, even though it was a broad nib, and then he replated all the metal on that pen with black nickel. So cap bands, nib, clip, everything's got the black nickel plating on it, which is pretty close to ruthenium, but I think it's a little more matte and like the overall finish. And then it kind of patinas a little differently than the ruthenium. So be curious to see how it looks once it gets here, ink it up with something fun. And by something fun, you mean like blue, right? No, no, I'll probably go like, I don't know, like some Iroshizuku ink, I don't know, Yamabuto or Chikurin or something like that. Cool. That'll be so exciting. That'll be such a cool piece to add to your collection. Yeah, and I I think it kind of got, I got in just under the wire because I don't know if you saw CY's Instagram post, but he's sort of uh, halting his um personal shopping 
service in Japan temporarily until he can kind of restructure and figure some things out. So I think he got more attention and more customers than I think he was ready for. Yeah. I mean, I got my total for the part of my bill that came to the U.S. and is now en route to me. And we were both surprised by how much I actually had slowly bought over the course of a few months. Yeah, because he, you know, doesn't ship everything as soon as he gets it. You know, he ships things to the U.S. sort of in in bulk, if you will, um, all right. at one time. And then, you know, it gets distributed out from there. So he's, yeah, he's, um, I think he's been Working. a busy guy. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it could be a full-time job with the, with the size of our community, um, right. even as small as it is, you know, the the desire for the mate for the Japanese only or the Japan only special editions is, isn't, is pretty insane. So, um, you know, once one person said, Oh, I got this from a guy named CY here, reach out to him. Then that sort of snowballs into several more people. Um, you know, and a lot of these Japanese special editions, they aren't even shipped within Japan. He has to go and physically purchase them in person. Right. And a number of the things that he shipped to me, he picked up in person. Because I have in route to me the Chaska Riallo, which is a pale blue with rhodium trim Riallo. I have the Bungu Box Sanctuary, which is teal blue sparkles, basically. And he actually replated that completely for me to rhodium. I have... A Kingdom Note Mini, uh, Cinderella, no, not Cinderella, it's the pink one. So it's from their slugs, and I have the purple and orange slug one, and I always wanted the pink one, and he was able to find me one and then replated it rhodium instead of gold. And there's something else that's coming in there. Is it bad that I can't remember what all I have coming? Kind of bad, considering the amount of money you spent on each one of those things, so... To be continued. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> what did I? What did I? What did I order? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to see the 823 that I got though. So I am so excited to see your 823. I owned an 823 a long, long time ago, like five years ago, maybe. It was the amber colored one, and I got it with an extra fine nib, and did not like it at all. Surprising, um, not so. I'll get. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this new one. You really have become quite the connoisseur of the fat nibs, hmm? Yeah, so when I was at your house, actually, I had it shipped to your house because I knew I wouldn't wouldn't be here to receive it, but I got a double broad nib from Franklin Kristoff, one of their double broad 14K nibs, I believe. It It might be an 18K. I think it's a 14K. Uh, Yeah, I got a double broad nib from Franklin Kristoff. It's funny because Audrey messaged me and said like hey did you just order a 14k double broad and i was like yeah and she was like i'm surprised you didn't get a sig grind on it and i i considered it but i wanted to try it without the sig grind first um and it is like it's a really good nib it's really really good so i don't know if they get tuned before they go out but it's a gym yeah i put it in my uh Brooks X Newton Prospect Arushi Prospector. It is 
perfection in that pen, it especially. Is crazy. So, um, <laughs> I probably should like put it in a pen that has a piston. It's a piston filler or something because it uses so much ink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to just write that little converter dry pretty quick. But um, no, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a great nib. So it's rhod- rhodium, so it looks really nice. It was a beautiful little thing to show up to our to my house when you were here with me. We had sort of a pen shenanigans going on with with just all of your pens laid out and all of my pens. I feel like there were just fountain pens everywhere for the entire duration of your trip. There were, yeah. And then when I was at your house, I picked up my Mont Blanc Little Prince. So good. Which is a great pen. And then uh Friend, friend of the show, friend of the friend of the hosts, Chris Caravana uh, sold me his orange Parker Duofold, the modern one, uh, which so I've had good. my eye on for quite a while. And he lost his, and you're at your house actually. In my couch, it was lost for five months or something. Yeah, so he uh, bought a new one while it was gone, and then that one was returned to him, and then he sold it to me. For a really good price. But the one you bought was not the one that was lost in my couch for five months. Right. It was the one that he bought to replace that one. So he kept the couch pen and gave you the new one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, so those pens can be had brand new on Amazon for between like 200 and 250 depending on when you buy them. I think maybe last year around Christmas I saw one down around like the 199 mark. Uh, with prime shipping and, you know, they go up to around 250 or mid 250s, something like that. Um, it is arguably one of the best pens in that like 200 to 250 price range. The nib is really mm-hmm. good. The fit and finish is really good. I think Parker did a great job. Yeah. I think Parker did a great job um, with sort of this, like it's like a heritage piece, right? So it's a sort of a, it's sort of a throwback or, or an homage to the original Parker Big Red. I don't know. It's really well done. So if they could make it in a piston filler and, you know, sell it for round about the price of like an M800 or something, I think they'd have a something great. I, I think it's a really neat piece. And you ended up with your pockets quite full of pens and ephemera on your way home. Yeah. Yep. I definitely did. Yeah. So that was a that was a good that was a good trip. It was a good good time. New, lots of new pens, <laughs> and I've got a couple other ones sort of in the works. So we'll see what happens with that. I I think I need to be on a ban. I I have done yeah. so so many bad buying things. So watch for my Instagram because as these pens from Japan arrive, they will get posted. But I just recently picked up the new Sailor Manio, a couple of the new Sailor Manio inks. I've been on the fence about those, but I think I'm going to I think I'm going to bite the bullet on the one of the blue ones. Mm-hmm. I picked the lighter of the two new blue ones that has some sort of pink shimmer or it's not shimmer, pink shading and it's beautiful. And I picked up the orangey coral colored one that's I think Sakura is the name. I can't remember the name of the blue one I got, but they came in the middle of my 40-hour conference, and so the extent of my using them included me taking the lid off, sticking my finger in it, and rubbing ink swatches all over my notes as I was taking notes. They're beautiful inks. I saw your pictures of them. I think you texted me some pictures of them. They're awesome. 
They're gorgeous. I also picked yeah. up Sailor's Sailor, which is a $39 bottle of blue ink, which feels like a lot of dollars, but it is an absolutely beautiful ink. Holy moly. It's yeah. shading. It's this perfect cerulean blue. I can't explain how much joy it brings me, but I got it. It came. I filled up my Brooks Charleston model with the Galaxy Rod in, which has an amazing architect in it from uh, from Mark Bacchus. And I wrote two and a half converters with it on my notes with that ink. It was killer. And that, that nib was perfect for note-taking because I could use the really wide parts of it for my headers and flip it over to write really fine and annotate a lot of things with it. And wow, that ink is gorgeous. It has got almost no water permanence, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's been an ink that's been sort of on my radar for a while and I haven't picked it up yet, but I think I need to. I think you absolutely do. I mean, I can send you a sample, but all it's going to do is facilitate you purchasing it. Yeah, I may just go ahead and order it at some point. Just get it over with. You won't be sorry. It'll be your new Waterman Serenity Blue. Will it? It's a little bit bluer, like brighter somehow. I don't know. It's it's gorgeous. If you guys haven't seen it, the reason I'm obsessed with it is Harry Hugel wrote me snail mail with that ink. And I was like, holy moly, what is this ink? And he was like, sailor, sailor. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? That's my favorite thing about snail mail. Well, one of my favorite things about snail mail is you all write me and us letters in just gorgeous inks. And then you enable me to purchase more ink. Do I need more ink? No. Do you need uh... more ink? I need to finish putting my inks in Fountain Pen Companion. I'm almost there. I've been putting my inks and my pens in there, and I'm almost done with it. I've lost... I need to go and find out, like, I was trying to keep it organized. Like, I'd pulled one shelf at a time of my inks out of my closet and was pulling, like, you know, putting them on there and then putting them back. Um, and then they got all mixed up. I don't know. I don't know what I've put in there and what I haven't. So I'm sure I'm going to miss some along the way. But I need to... I'll just start putting them in there as I buy ink and then figure out what's missing and go back and add those. But mm -hmm. yeah. It's a constant struggle of trying to stay organized and keep track of everything. Speaking of new ink. Oh yeah. You got some new ink this week, this week and last week. Yes. Or two weeks ago, I guess. Yes. So those of you who don't know, I am a connoisseur of ink in all of the ways that that means. AKA I love getting tattooed which is another creative hobby niche thing. And I like the art of the tattooing. And I'm a big fan of using the equivalent of Noodler's Heart of Darkness as my, <laughs> my ink color. Mostly all of my tattoos are black and gray. And I got a bunch of more ink since you've been gone. Yeah, fill, filling in that sleeve. Finishing off the sleeve. So we're almost there and it's exciting. And I don't know what's next for me, but more, more ink. Awesome. <gasps> oh, come here. Do you hear him? Yeah. Come here. He will now be present. I feel like the last couple of weeks have been super jam-packed with all these releases and things that we're trying to like make sure we order and get a hold of. 
And on top of all of these amazing pen releases and things coming out and new inks and new pens and everything, Rickshaw did it again. Yeah. (sighs) Damn it, Mark. Damn it. He did the koozie case. The koozie, I mean... So he did some koozie cases with, that were limited with with some of my artwork on them, which, which is fine. But the koozie case, what? no, itself amazing, totally is, amazing. Yeah, but the koozie case itself is stupid good. So he created. If if those of you who don't know, Mark um, at Rickshaw has pen rolls, pen sleeves, and more recently in the last. I don't know, probably year, he's created pen koozies, which are two or three pen sleeves. So they're like a flat thing that you can stick your pens in. And he created my dream pen case, the koozie case, which is a rectangular padded case that zips that your koozies fit inside of. It fits two three-pen koozies and two two two-pen koozies or a Hobonichi Techo and some koozies, or I don't know. I've been shoving stuff inside of mine, and it's fit everything. Yeah, it's a, so it's a top zip. Um, so what, like a quarter zip or whatever. So, you know, it zips across the top. Um, and, yeah, holds holds a ton of pins. And then what's cool is it's got enough flexibility that, you know, if you put a few koozies in there, you could also slip, you know, like, Catherine said uh, a Hobonichi or, you know, a couple of field notes or some index cards. You could put some smaller stationery in there. Um, I've actually got four koozies in mine and there's still enough room to, you know, you can kind of snuggle some pins down in the gaps and stuff in there or snuggle some little single pins down in there. I mean, it really, it holds a lot. It's a pretty versatile case. It is padded on the outside. So it's not just a it's not just like a canvas wrap for your koozies. It's it's a padded case, so it, you know it actually provides a little added protection. I think. Um, I mean, I can't vouch for that. I haven't thrown mine across a room or anything, but it's awesome. I have two of them, and you know we'll probably be ordering more. So you know, and they're great because they're they're sort of modular and that you can buy the outside with like one koozie and still have some room to throw some of your other sleeves or whatever in there. Um, or if you want to go all out, you know, buy the four koozies and the, and the case. Um, but it's sort of a system you can build as you go and as your needs change. And, you know, Mark makes different lengths of koozies, just like he does his solo pen sleeves. They're different lengths. So, you know, short, medium, long, extra long, whatever. So, you know, you can kind of evaluate your collection and see, what size koozies you need and build your lineup of koozies around your collection. So Mm -hmm. pretty thoughtful design. And he also made it so you can customize the exterior to be plain or it can have Velcro attachment pads or loops for you to slide other pen sleeves into or your, your pocket knives. It's really this sort of really beautiful customizable piece that can be part of your everyday carry. And I don't know if you guys have listened to me complaining about this in the past, but the way that I carry pens, I was not satisfied with my storage and my daily pen case. And I was constantly just basically shoving a bunch of individual pen sleeves into a carrying case that was not meant for that. And it was stressing me out. And 
I want all of my pens surrounded by the plushy goodness that is the royal plush inside of the koozies because so many of my pens are urushi and I don't like the elastic bands because I feel like it creates a pressure differential across the finish and could potentially cause wear in a way that I'm not okay with or warping on acrylic or alumilite especially. And so now all my pens are in plushy goodness in this super durable case and I am 100% sold. Mark did not pay me to say this. This is not sponsored. I am just so stoked. When he sent me a video of this, I was like screaming and jumping up and down being like, it's the pen case I've been wanting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I love it. It's, it's really great. Fully customizable, totally modular. You can add or take away as your needs change. Um, and, you know, it can be... I mean, I think it'd be a great, you know, it's a great size. Uh, it's a great mm -hmm. shape. It's got some structure to it. You know, I can see use case scenarios outside of the pen world, you know, use it yeah. to carry around your chargers or like a backup battery for your phone or your iPad or your, you know, tablet or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. you know, carry some extra USB cables, dongles. I mean, now with everything running off of USB-C, everybody's got a million dongles and adapters. So, I mean... I don't know. I can see a lot of use case scenarios for it where you maybe yeah. slide a, you know, a koozie or two in there and then use all that extra space to sort of tidy up the rest of your everyday carry. So great design. I love it. I have the one and I've got two more coming because it, I just immediately realized the potential that it has for me. And so the one I have is solid purple. And I'm going to definitely attach some patches to this. So you'll have to help me decide which patches because my everyday carry for the last 18 months has had a, a really like 80s colored mouth that says don't tell me to smile. So I need something equally as sassy for this one. So we'll have to work <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Mark. That was amazing, amazing design. So proud of you. Um, not sponsored, but big fans would be would we would take a sponsorship from rickshaw at this point would would totally be sponsored uh obviously he's shown that he doesn't really need to sponsor us to get us to talk about him why buy the cow right yeah yeah <laughs> but but on my on my rickshaw case i have something that a few of you noticed in my instagram stories i guess the acrylic bent tines pen pin so Pin, P-I-N. Around here, we call everything a pin. Yeah, I, it makes me hard for me to know what you're talking about. So we we test ran some pins. Pin. Little, and uh, these are acrylic pins from Sticker Mule to see if we liked the idea of making pins. And the acrylic ones are cool, but like not amazing. Yeah, so we just decided that we wanted to pursue enamel pins so they will be in route to us hopefully in the next couple weeks and available on the bent tines thereafter yeah so and i think we'll probably add a little bit of other merch some little inexpensive items to the store as we're able but um yeah looking forward to the pins uh i think they're going to be fun so so those of you have very very keen eyes and you were not wrong they were definitely bent tines pins seen on both my my case and mark's case <laughs> Do you want to play the game of it's a new sailor? Do you like it and are you going to get it or not? 
Yeah, I don't care for it. I know you like it. Um, Which one? There are the two. The autumn, the autumn one doesn't do it for me. It's a little, it's a little, little burgundy, a little burgundy for me. So, for those of you who don't know what Matthew's talking about, there is a new Shishikura pen. She is the person who designed both your Moonlit Cherry Blossom and my my sparkly pen too and she created another pen that is an autumn themed pen that is a sort of burgundy red body yellow finials and a clear sort of golden yellow cap with chunky gold glitter i think it's gorgeous it has a gold metal section or maybe it's rhodium the trim is rhodium and it has this beautifully engraved nib with little falling autumn leaves. I'm into it. You're not so into it, huh? Nah, it doesn't do anything for me. The other one that we have to talk about, the the bung box one, oof, that one ticks all my boxes. The Shishikora to me is like a Gryffindor pen, which... I don't know. I don't usually go for red pens or warm tone pens, but something about that one ticks a lot of boxes for me in ways I didn't ever anticipate that it would. So I definitely ordered a copy. Nice. Yeah. Ordered a copy. Ordered, ordered one. A, ordered one. What what nib did you get? Did you do a broad? I don't know. I just sort of told CY to order me something. and Yeah. At this point, I don't really care what nib it is as long as it's not a fine or an extra fine. And if it shows up with a grind on it, I'll be happy. And if it shows up as a stock nib, I'll be happy. So it's something. Yeah. They were Fun. limited to only 50. So I I, I took whatever was in stock. <laughs> yes, went ahead and got one. I don't blame you. So it's sort of the sister pen to my, to, you know, to the Moonlit Cherry Blossom. So it maybe, is. it's cool. It's cool. I just... I think if it had been maybe more purple or more orange or something, I might would have liked it. But the the burgundy, the dark red and gold just didn't do it for me. I think once I saw it as like Gryffindor colors, I was like, yep, yep, we're done. Like this is everything to me. I don't know. But I agree with you completely about the other pen, which we will show you, which is called uh, Mangata. It's the Bungu Box Mangata, and it's a Sailor 1911 large in a dark so blue good. color. Yeah, it's incredible. It is a dark blue 1911, which means it has the rounded ends, and it has this sort of linear like stripes like around it, not long ways. I'm sorry. So around the body of, of the pen it has straight dark colored lacquer and then on top of that are chunks of rotten and it's meant to look like if you're looking at the moon rising of over the horizon over a pond you know how there's like ripples of water that cause the moon to be sort of broken up into like lines it's supposed to look like that it is very cool yeah it has the cap Finial, the top finial is sort of this sort of reflective moon, moon, moony gray brown color that 
it's I think it's a sterling silver on the top, so that may be like in the Arushi or something to make it look more yes. like a moon. And the nib is the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's really, really good. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that one. And you have one of those coming as well, right? Yes. Yeah. I, figured, I mean, yeah. how that happened was an email from CY that says, hey, this is coming out. I ordered you one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so predictable. It's about the moon I mean, and it's rotten. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I think that's a really, really beautiful pen. Um, I, I definitely... Definitely a fan of that one. So good for you. Are you gonna get one? Do you think? Uh, I'm probably not gonna get one. No. No. You'll just borrow right mine. Yeah, maybe. Just ogle it from a distance. So um, I don't. I don't. I don't see that one in my future. It's a little rich for me right now. So I'm very much done buying pens for the rest of this year. Yeah. Well, I've got the the group buy coming up for the 10th anniversary. That's in like what October. So. Oh yeah, I forgot that was happening. Yeah, I got to figure that out. So uh, I just need to. I'm going to touch base with everyone that I think I've got everything. Everything's spoken for except the Angel's Delight, of course. Somebody suggested that I keep that one and send it to Bocamundo for Arushi, and I might actually do that. Uh, do that. So, because I actually don't, um, I don't dislike the body of that. I love that kind of translucent purple. Yeah. But the white cap just, ugh. Does it, f- makes you know. unhappy, huh? Just don't, I just don't, love, I just, yeah, I don't like, I don't like hey, white to those pens. of you who have an Angel's Delight, we still love you. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I know there are a lot of people out there that love it. It's just not for either of us. I had multiple people reach out to me about that pen specifically when I put out sort of the signal, you know, put out the bat signal about doing um, a group buy. I had uh, three or four people message me about it. And once I told them the price, because I have to account for shipping to them, all of them declined because they could buy it cheaper used right? from any of the, you know, significantly cheaper you know, I think they're going for like 200 or 225 or something right now. So, mm-hmm. um, so that one I may just hang on to and use it for a rodden project or. I think, you know, a person know. here in the States who you could drive down to and literally hand it to him and ask him to do it for you. Yeah, I probably could. I definitely <laughs> could. So anyway, so yeah. I'm, I'm on a ban. Yeah. Well, no, you. But you're. You got to buy something from the. You got to buy something from the group buy. Okay, but besides the group buy, I'm on a ban. All of you, stop sending me shit. I need to buy on Instagram. I appreciate you, but stop it. You're killing Keep me slowly. Stuff, stop it. I don't want to know about any of the more sailors. She I mean, I do, but I don't. <sighs> Please stop. I can't. You want to answer some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Man, sedan. I'm not sure who that is, but man, man sedan, sedan on Instagram sent us feelings on Kickstarter pins, favorite Kickstarter projects. Yeah. So I think I have a little more experience. My, my thoughts on the Kickstarter thing, you know, uh, obviously knock co got their start from 
uh, Kickstarter, as did Will Hodges over at Tactile Turn, as did Kara's Customs. Um, and they're all, you know, staples in the pen community. They've, they've been around for a while. They're putting out new products. They're constantly innovating, um, or changing in some way, if it, if nothing other than to release, you know, unique colorways or new materials or whatever. So my thing with, with Kickstarter is I've been burned more times than I've been happy, um, I've had Kickstarter projects never fulfill. I've had Kickstarter projects fulfill and it wasn't nearly what I thought I was getting. I've had Kickstarter projects fulfill two years later. The original pin type A, I think, was around the two-year mark. You know, for me, I am cautiously, well, I would say I used to be cautiously optimistic about um, Kickstarter after my first couple of bad experiences. Now I go into Kickstarter with the mindset that I may never get the item. uh, And if I do, it may not live up to the hype. And if it does, I'm pleasantly surprised. Kind of my other, in that same vein, you know, a lot of the projects that don't hit on time or don't do, you know, don't produce the the finished product that you thought you were going to get are these companies, these, these folks that say, hey, you know, titanium pens are a big thing right now. Let's make a titanium pen, make fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, and then just bug out. Um, so they're not adding anything to the community. They're not bringing anything to the community. Um, they're not producing a worthwhile or a long-term project or a brand. Um, there's no heritage or history there. You know, a lot of it's just a money grab. And so, I'm always just a little bit hesitant to recommend. Uh, Kickstarter pens specifically, uh, unless it's from a maker that I know or from a, a company that I've backed before and had a good experience with. So, For sure. And I mean, I think we saw that with Studio Neat when they moved into the pen world and they'd released their Mark One. That, that actually was a pen that started on Kickstarter and was wildly successful and is now a beloved you know, rollerball from both of us. We both love the the Studio Neat Mark One. Yeah, I like and it a lot. That was their first pen, but was not they weren't they were an existing company already. And it was awesome. They did an awesome job with that. And right. most recently you and I both backed Mike Allen and Woodshed Pen Company, their Kickstarter, his Kickstarter. Uh, which was really unique because you were purchasing pens from him in his sparkly, clear demonstrator, gorgeous material. Uh, but it's like a known entity, right? So we know what we're getting, but we were sort of almost kind of crowdfunding him upgrading to a CNC machine. And right, right, right. And that's sort of what Kickstarter is for, right? Is to, it's, I mean, yeah. it's a kickstart. It's to get a business going. Uh, you know, I've heard arguments about it that, you know, companies shouldn't use Kickstarter more than once. Um, but, you know, I think Kickstarter is a great way for companies to gauge the market on a new product. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for instance, you know, like Mike needed a CNC and it's a way to sort of fund that, um, you know, Brad is sort of going in a little bit different direction with Notco. And so he's now 
doing a Kickstarter. There's currently a Kickstarter going on for Notco for waxed canvas Sinclairs and Brass Towns, I believe, um, mm-hmm. at really good prices. Um, and waxed canvas is such a good material. You're going to back that, aren't you? I am going to back it, yeah. Uh, I actually really love the waxed canvas, and they went with like a black wax canvas with a teal interior. It's just right mm-hmm. up my alley, so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a cool colorway. But, you know, so again, you know, they're bringing to market these waxed canvas cases, sort of testing the market to see how they'll do, and then this will allow them to sort of take the next step that they need to for Notco. So, but they're also, they've been in the pen community for years, just as Mike Allen has. I mean, Mike Allen built, you know, came up from nothing and, you know, he's done a lot and given back to the community and participated in the community. So, you know, I think there are great uses in the pen community for Kickstarter. I just, there's a lot of folks on there that are sort of these like fly by night. Sure. Um, projects that they're just their main goal is to get in capitalize on a enthusiast community and then get out yeah well I mean I think so to answer the question from my perspective I am really 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 not a big fan of backing stuff on Kickstarter I've only backed three things I've backed the pen addict Kickstarter the last two years and I bought backed Mike Allen so I am pretty skeptical and only back people I know. Um, but I've been happy. So a few years ago, I became a little bit infamous for my rant about the Visionaire fountain pen on Kickstarter. Uh, this guy put together this Kickstarter for this sleek little fountain pen he had this whole long story about heritage and passing it down and it being an heirloom piece and then the pen was found on alibaba he was just sourcing them putting his name on them and selling them on kickstarter like i don't know maybe a third or half the people that backed it never even got their pens he took uh, i can't remember how much the visionaire made but it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, oh which he made off with promptly. And then I actually ended up getting my rewards, uh, and they were, one of them just broke right out of the box. They were terrible, just absolute shit pens. That's the thing that I sort of fear as an enthusiast and an advocate for the stationary community as a whole is that someone who maybe doesn't know anything about pens or stationary, it doesn't have to be a pen. It could be a notebook or a system of notebooks or a carrying case or whatever. Um, someone gets into this community via a Kickstarter that they landed on. They have a horrible experience and then they sort of write off, no pun intended, but appreciated pun. Uh, they sort of write off the community, right? They say, you know what? It, like, I'm not going to screw around with these fountain pens. Like they're trash. Uh, and they go back to, you know, so I'm always cautious about recommending Kickstarters. And so I don't have, uh, I don't have a particularly fantastic experience with a Kickstarter product, um, that I can really talk about, but you know, there's some good ones out there. So, you know, keep your eye out and make sure it's a reputable, you know, reputable maker that they've got some, it's got some clout. By the way, the Visionaire was $45 and they made... Three hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars. Yeah. 
He's a shit. That's bag. upsetting. That's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I was not. I don't know when that was. I was not in the community when that happened. 2013. Yeah. It's been a while. You're 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 <laughs> you're OG fountain pen. Yeah. You're so yeah, I met old. somebody at a pen show one time, and I introduced myself. I was like, "Yeah, Matthew. Uh, hey, Matthew." And they were like, "Oh, you're the Visionaire guy." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, you're the guy, like the one that made the like video." And yeah. Do you still have that somewhere? I don't think so. It was on my YouTube channel that you that Google dis disbanded. Disappointing. I would have loved to see you rant about something. I mean, I know what you're like when you rant, so I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Any hoozle. So Ziggy Letters on Instagram, she asked us, what is the worst ink you have ever purchased and why? I have an easy one for this. My bottle of Noodler's Black was like gray and chunky and weird and terrible. Yeah, so I feel like this is like one negative thing right into another negative thing. But Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hey, no, we said some positive things about Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there are a lot of amazing inks out there, but you know, I've I've never I can't think of a bad experience I've had with just one ink. Except well, the only one I can think of is I bought a bottle of Private Reserve. I think it was the Electric Blue, or like anyway. Uh, and when I went to remove the cap, the top of the bottle sheared off, which created a massive inky disaster. Um, and when I looked sort of to see what had happened, I looked inside the cap and it was almost furry with pigment. Like there was like clumped on dried chunks of this like purpley red sheeny blue pigment. And I'm assuming that maybe the bottle didn't get sealed properly or something and it started to evaporate and then clogged up and then dried and hardened around the threads and it just broke the bottle. I don't know, but it was, it was a disaster, but I've had actually had a couple of problems with, with those, with that brand of ink. Um, and then I've had many, many, many problems with Noodler's inks, um, inconsistent colors, weird, like stuff floating in the ink. When I opened the bottle, um, I had a bottle of 54th Massachusetts. It didn't matter what paper you wrote with wrote on it with, um, wrote on with it. It just feathered out and turned into this like just mess. It was, yeah. So not any one ink in particular other than that bottle of electric blue or whatever it was from private reserve. But yeah, some terrible experiences with noodlers specifically. My, uh, bottle of Apache sunset is the wrong color. It looks like pee. My bottle of Apache Sunset is like this burnt orangey sepia color. Which is also not really what it's supposed to be, is it? I've had two bottles of it. That one is the burnt orange sepia color. I had another bottle that was a beautiful yellow orange that shaded wonderfully from like orange like like yellow orange to red, and I think that's the color it's supposed to be. That's what my friend Stephanie's bottle is. It's beautiful. But yeah, my second bottle was trash and um yeah, and so that's that's kind of, you know, one of the things, right? If you're using 
fountain pen inks, you know, buy from reputable folks, do some research. If you haven't bought from a brand before, or if you're not familiar with a color, do a little bit of research to see what other folks in the community are saying about it. Make sure it's not going to stain or clog or have mm-hmm. that weird nib crud thing that happens. Which isn't necessarily a problem, but if it freaks you out, mm-hmm. it may benefit you to know that that's going to happen. Right, exactly. And I do think we would be remiss to not mention it. I don't know what the future of Private Reserve holds because about a year, year and a half ago, it was purchased by Darla. And she unfortunately actually passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, very unexpectedly. And she is an Indiana for, you know, she lives in Indiana, Indianapolis, just north of here. And we were all really shocked and sad to find out. And I don't know what happened and I don't know what that means for the brand and for private reserve in general, but I'm just so sorry to her family and, and all of the private reserve fans to find out that she passed and it totally sucks because we don't have a lot of people in our community to begin with. And it's so sad to find out that someone in our community was lost. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, on that note, Should we do a character carry and bring it back up a little bit before we say goodbye? Yes. I have continue been thinking on with about our this. office, our office character carry. We're gonna do Saber today. So Sabre. Joe Sabre. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Gabe, and Robert California. I put what I think they're gonna carry in the show notes, so don't steal my answers, Matthew. No, I won't. So um, for for Joe, I thought that she would carry like an ST Dupont, like something, something, you know, extra, a little bit fancy, but not like not feminine because you know she's not a very feminine woman. I mean, she's she's very like, you know, I'll. Shoot my guns and run my company, and I don't need a man. And so I think that she would have, you know, so, like something like an St. Dupont that like, says, you know, well, you know, talks, you know, speaks to her wealth a little bit, but that's, you know, a good sturdy, like, you know, I don't know, something like that. So <laughs> I didn't disagree with you. So I went with one of the pilot Silvern pens, the new yeah. Sterling Silver pilots. Because they're classic and they're sleek and they're sort of delicate in a not overtly feminine way and they're just beautiful. And I also thought that she would probably use her pilot Silvern, Silvern, Silvern for her daily carry. But I also think she would probably be one of the ones to buy the Montegrappa revolver pen. Oh, yeah. You know, the yeah. one that you can put bullets mm-hmm. in? <laughs> yeah. Beaumont Adams is a girl's gun. <laughs> yeah. She would totally be the person to buy this. Like, couldn't you just see her sitting at her desk in the conference room, like, loading her pen? Yeah, absolutely. Like, while she's talking to someone about, like, their <laughs> like their their annual sort of... Uh, yeah, review. Yeah, <laughs> loading her pen gun. <laughs> so what, what you what you got for uh, what you got for old Gabe? 
Okay, so my answer is a Nakaya Ascending Dragon. It doesn't matter what shape, it would be the Ascending Dragon pattern, and the reason being, remember that episode where they all go over to his house to watch Glee? Yeah. And he has all that crazy Japanese stuff and his swords and his teas and his powders and his like super addiction yeah, and, to you. And Andy Andy eats the dry the dehydrated seahorses. Seahorse. Yeah. I think that he would be the guy who needs some like overly fancy, ridiculous Japanese pen. And so I went with Nakaya Ascending Dragon and somebody would be like, What's that pen? He'd be like launch into this whole diatribe about the history of dragons or something. So I went with the Montegrappa Fortuna skull. Oh uh, yeah, because Gabe doesn't that make too. that much money. I mean, he has like really high end stuff, but he doesn't make that much money. But he's really into the macabre. Like he does, he shows he that is. weird video at the Halloween party. Yeah, um, and so like I thought maybe the skull was would be kind of his. I think I think your answer is better though because it's the I... it's, you got the Japanese stuff so. I mean, I think why not both? Maybe he'd have both, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that it's very possible he'd use the Fortuna at work and keep the right. Nakaya at home with his swords. Like on a display, like underneath a matching, like underneath a, underneath like a katana with a matching, you know. Arushi design, yeah. Arushi design on the, on the hilt or something. <laughs> I think that's accurate and true. Yep. Yep. Good call. Good call. <laughs> All right, Robert California, go. Visconti Opera Master. I could see that. I I had him with a uh, either a Mont Blanc one forty nine or a Pelican M one thousand. Um, <sighs> Too basic. Both both like because you know they're sleek and sexy and like you know I think he would be less about the. You know, he doesn't need to make a statement with his pen because what he's writing is the statement. I get that. I think he would have something a little bit more flashy with a Visconti. And there's a number of opera masters with some sort of translucent, swirly materials that are like intrigue, but not over the top. At first, I thought he would be the Montegrappa chaos guy, but I think nah. that's too showy for him. So I went with an opera master. Um, but I don't know which one, but I, I don't disagree with a 149. Yeah. I mean, he wears, he wears, you know, V-neck t-shirts under his blazers. So yeah, I don't know. I think he'd have, I could see him simpler. doing that. I like that. It's not as satisfying. I feel like everyone in the office is like more like less flashy, crazy, specialized pens and more like normal right. pens that the rest of us would actually choose, which is kind of fun in that way too, I guess. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> love it. Tell the people where awesome. to find you, Matthew. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams at Hey Matthew and then online at HeyMatthew.com. You can find me online at InkyCatWrites and InkyCatWrites.com. And you can find both of us together at BentTimes.com. Thanks for a good one. See you guys next time. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.